Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this is such good news. This is such good news. As I looked over the sermon this morning, just thinking and praying, and I was reminded again how this is just... If we've been in church a lot, this is, this is the same old story. Um, what we're going to hear this morning. If we've done a lot of church, then this is the same old story. And, um, but I also know, God, that we forget it so easily. We get distracted from it so easily. We focus on other things so quickly. So I pray, God, that you would help us this morning to recenter, to refocus um, on this. This is the truth we need. I pray that you would plant it deep in our hearts um, this morning. We're dependent upon you for this. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So last, so, so last week I said we're going to spend the, the month of December in these verses. And so I've got it kind of planned out now. What I, what's going to happen is last week I did when the fullness of time had come. This week I'm doing God sent forth His Son. Next week I'm going to do born of a woman. And then the following week Colin's going to do the rest of it. Alright, so... I just gave him the rest of verse four all the way through seven. So he just has all of the, he has all of the rest of it. He's going to do the adoption part, um, on December 26th. So this is our, this is our December Christmas sermon series. Last week was when the fullness of time had come. This week is God sent forth his son. And of course, the question is, why does that phrase, God sent forth his son, why does that need its own sermon? Why are we spending a, an entire sermon on just those few words? God sent forth His Son. The answer to that is because we need the truth that is found in this little phrase. We desperately need the truth that is found in this little phrase. Uh, the other day, I came home and... Uh, I came home and there was a fireplace fire going in my living room. Um, the interesting thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't in a fireplace. It was, it was on my TV screen. Um, if you're one of the, the lucky individuals who have Netflix, then you can. Netflix is one of those things where if you don't know what Netflix is, one, I want your life, and then two, um, if you don't know what Netflix is, Netflix is this thing where you can, you can play movies onto your laptop or your tablet or your phone or your TV screen. You, you can play movies. It's a service that allows you to click and play movies. One of the movies you can play is a Christmas fireplace fire. It's, that's all it is. You just sit there and you watch a fire burning in a fireplace on your TV screen. You can do this. There's stockings hung with care above it. 
and there's, you know, Christmassy music in the background, you can sit there and enjoy that. That's what you can do. That's what was going in my living room on the TV screen when I got home the other day. I guess this is good. Um, It fills you with a Christmassy feeling. You walk in and you just are suddenly feeling, I don't know, nostalgic or something? I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. Some of you probably think this is a great idea, right? This idea of having a Netflix Christmas fireplace fire going in your living room. You probably think it's a terrific idea. In fact, you wish you had two TVs so you could have that going and your Hallmark Christmas movies going and just like have like the perfect, like just atmosphere, just get you ready for Christmas. The rest of you think this is the stupidest thing you've ever heard of. I'm not going to tell you which camp I'm in. It doesn't matter. I have enough enemies. But some of you don't, some of you don't get it at all. You know who else wouldn't have understood the Netflix Christmas fireplace fire? You know who else wouldn't have understood that? Pilgrims. It would be a hard, it would be a difficult conversation for you to sit across a pilgrim. I mean, that's good. There, there's some there's some time problems with this anyhow. But uh, sit across from a pilgrim. You know, the 1600s people who came over on the Mayflower, pilgrims. If you sat across the table from them and tried to explain to them the value of the Netflix Christmas fireplace fire, they would have a hard time understanding this because they didn't build emotional fires. They didn't build fires for nostalgia. They built fires to stay alive. They built fires... I mean, they didn't build a fire so that their one-room hut could have atmosphere for the holidays. They built fires to cook food and to keep away wild animals and to avoid freezing to death. I've experienced a New England winter. They're not fun. The, the, the Netflix Christmas fire is fun. It's Christmassy. It'll fill you with good feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not preaching against it. Although I could, probably. I'm not going to. But a Netflix Christmas fire won't keep you alive. It won't keep you alive. In fact, it won't even give you any kind of lasting comfort and joy. Like many things in life, it gives you a few moments of comfort and joy. Absolutely. It's an emotional lift for a moment or two. But it's not going to help you sacrificially love the difficult person in your life. It's not going to give you courage to have meaningful spiritual conversations with brothers and sisters in Christ or with an unbelieving neighbor or family member. It's not going to give you contentment and joy as you face any of the many hardships. The pilgrims weren't going to make it through a New England winter with a Netflix Christmas fire. And we're not going to make it through the difficult circumstances in our life with one either. And so right now you're thinking, I, we know that. What is, what is this all about? No one's trying to make it through life on a Netflix Christmas fire. But I'm going to submit to you this morning that oftentimes we're doing the equivalent. 
oftentimes we go looking for comfort and joy and strength to endure in all of the wrong places. There are, this, this world, this life is filled with nice things that give you short-term relief. This world is filled with things that give you short-term comfort, short-term joy. Joy that will last as long as nothing difficult comes around and ruins it. There's all kinds of places to find that. But I think we know we need more than that. What we need is the truth. Truth that works like an actual pilgrim New England fire. Truth that protects us Truth that strengthens us. Truth that keeps us going. We need the truth that is in this little phrase, God sent forth His Son. That's the truth we need. That's the fire that we absolutely must warm ourselves by. God sent forth His Son. That's the truth we need. Now, why do we need this particular truth? couple of reasons, and those two reasons are the sermon this morning. Two reasons why we need this truth, God sent forth His Son. Two reasons. First, it shows us the hopeless situation we were in. Kyle Gerber, in his charming way, alluded to the fact that my wife and I may or may not have too many children. Not too many. We have a sufficient number. I, I, um, and if, and I don't claim at all to be a great parent. I have much to learn. I have much selfishness to root out of my own heart. Um, but we know as parents, we, we know when our child is abused or bullied or endangered, we know what happens inside of us when our child is abused. We are, we are immediately filled with anger. We are immediately filled with this desire to, to put an end to it. And, and what we also know is that God the Father loves God the Son infinitely more than any human parent loves their child. So we we understand both of those things. We understand just the emotional life of the parent, just the way we are the way we are protective of our children. Unless we just have serious issues, we would we would jump in front of a bus for for our children and not even think about it. We would do whatever we could for their good. And we know that we are not 1% of the, of the parent that God the Father is. So if God the Father loves God the Son infinitely more than we love our children, why would He send the, Him, why would God send Jesus to this place where He was going to be abused at a level none of us can even understand, where He would be despised and rejected and betrayed and tortured and crucified. Where He would not only undergo 
the wrath from humans, but wrath from the Father. Why would He do this? Do you see what this little phrase is teaching us? It's teaching us that this was the only way. If God was going to adopt us, if God was going to bring us into His family, if God was going to bring us into eternal joy with Him forever, if we are going to be adopted by God, this was the only way. God the Father would never do this to God the Son unless this was the only way. Because of our sin, we wanted nothing to do with the God who created us. Because of our sin, we were dead. We, we could care less about the God who gives us life and breath. The God who deserves all of our love and all of our worship. We didn't want to be reconciled to God. And even if we would have wanted to, we could have never, never got there. We didn't want to be adopted by God. We didn't want to worship and love God. We didn't want to be loved by God. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. We wanted selfishness, pride, lust, greed. We wanted whatever brought pleasure and satisfaction to us. That is our problem. That is your problem. That is my problem. Hopeless sinners. That, that little phrase, God sent forth His Son, it highlights the fact that, that we were in a hopeless situation. This is our only chance. Now today, even, even today, as believers, we have a problem. We don't, we don't want to think of ourselves this way. We don't want to remember who we were and who we would be right now apart from Christ, if God hadn't sent forth His Son. We want to think of ourselves as pretty good people. There's a reason we don't ever, we don't really ever sit by this fire. There's a, there's a reason we, we, we kind of, we kind of stay away from this, this fire. This is an uncomfortable, intimidating fire. The truth that we really need, we shy away from because we want to think of ourselves as pretty good people. Not great, but pretty good. We want to think of ourselves, but we want to think of our sin as if it's really someone else's fault. If, if I had a, a better spouse, if I had better parents, if I had better health, if my life was easier in this way or that way, I'd sin a lot less than I do. No. No, this little phrase, part of what's driving home here, part of the truth that's just staring us in the face is that if God hadn't sent forth His Son, we would have sinned our way to hell. I didn't need Jesus to come and rescue me from the penalty of your sin. I needed Jesus to come rescue me from the penalty of my own sin. We were hopeless sinners in a hopeless situation. And we don't like to, we don't like to warm ourselves by that fire. We don't like to think of who we would have been, who we would be right now, except God sent forth His Son. We would rather have Less intimidating fires. We'd rather have Netflix Christmas fires. We'd rather find strength and joy and comfort in lesser things. Perhaps it's other people complimenting us. Or it's people coming together with us and agreeing that our spouse is really the problem. Or it's the attention we get on social media. Or it's the, the good feelings we get from helping someone out. Or it's the good feelings we get from putting someone down. It's the satisfaction of being smarter than other people. We warm ourselves by the fire of being, of being better parents or better citizens or better with our money than other people. We, we look for strength and joy and comfort in these kinds of places. We like those kinds of fires. 
Because they make us feel good, at least for a few minutes anyway. It's a lot less intimidating than every day sitting by the fire that says, apart from Christ, if God hadn't sent forth His Son, I am a hopeless, selfish, cruel sinner. That truth makes me uncomfortable. That truth makes you uncomfortable. But that's the truth we need if we're going to have any actual comfort and joy. If you're going to have real strength to honor God, to trust Him, come what may, to sacrificially love the difficult people in your life, to, to, to continue to be an actual part of a local church where you're, where you're truly invested in the holiness of your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're going to finish your race with joy, you have to remember the hopeless situation you were in. I must remember the hopeless situation I was in. We need the truth that says God sent forth His Son. And we need it because it shows us the hopeless situation we were in. And if we don't have that, then the second reason won't mean anything to us. Here's the second reason why we need the truth. God sent forth His Son. The second reason why we must warm ourselves by this fire. It shows us how much God loves us. Shows us how much God loves us. From time to time, I have these interesting conversations with people um, that say something like, something like, um, You can't tell Madison that she's a sinner. You can't tell Madison that she's so bad that someone deserved to die. You can't tell her that because you'll make her feel bad. You'll make her, you'll, you'll, you'll make her feel bad. You, 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 can't, you, you can't move forward in, with joy in the Christian life if you're, if you're just always thinking about the fact that you deserve hell. The fact that apart from Christ... You would right now be gleefully sinning your way to hell. You can't tell people that. You can't fixate that on that. You can't focus on that because it's not nice. It'll make people feel bad. What I believe the logic of the Bible says is that if people don't feel bad, they'll never truly feel good. If we don't pack the bad news into the story of the good news, the love of God will mean nothing to us. We don't believe the, the intimidating truth that we're completely hopeless because of our sin. And that's right where we would be right now if God hadn't intervened. If we don't believe that, then we'll never know how much God loves us. Because we have to stop and we have to ask ourselves again, why? 
Why would God do this? Why would God send forth His Son? We, we, we've, we've covered the piece where we, we understand that it's the only way. We understand that. We understand that, we understand that if God was going to adopt us, this was the only way that it was going to happen. So we understand that. But then we also don't understand why did God want to adopt us? If it means that, if it means putting His Son through everything He put His Son through, why? Why would He do it? God could have righteously displayed His glory and His holiness and His worthiness and His power by simply punishing all of humankind for the rebellion. If God wanted to gain glory, the, 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 the most straightforward way is to just punish everyone who raised their puny little fist at Him. And we also know from Scripture he didn't, he didn't rescue us. He didn't adopt us because He was lonely. Because He was deficient. God has never needed anything. God doesn't need a relationship. He doesn't need a family. He doesn't need anyone or anything. He never has and He never will. So why would He choose to save a whole family of people from all over the world, especially when those people are awful? Merry Christmas! Why? You say, I don't like sitting by this fire. I'm going to go home and sit by my Netflix Christmas fire. Well, you can, but I'm telling you, this is where the good stuff is. Stay here with me wade through, work through the, the stuff you don't like to hear? Because that's when you start to really know the love of God. Why would He choose to save a whole family of people? Because He loves us. God loves you. Has God adopted you into his family? Has God adopted you into his family? This is, this is 100% a work of his grace. Has he done this for you? Then you can rest easy this morning. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. This is what we say. This is what we say to, to our fear. This is what we say to our worry, to our sadness, to our sorrow, to our heartache. We, we say, I am so wicked that I deserve eternal hell. And God, in His love, in His grace, chose to send His Son to suffer the hell that I deserve. To suffer the wrath and anger and punishment that I deserve so that I can be adopted into His family. And He did this because He loves me. 
God loves me. This isn't in my notes, but I'm going to give it a whirl anyhow. I'm going to try to... You, you, you have to sit by the whole truth. You, you cannot downplay your own sinfulness, your own need. You cannot downplay that and, and focus only on the, on the love of God. You can't do that. People try and you can't. And, and the reason you can't is because it feels incredibly fake. Feels incredibly fake. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. And it feels fake. Because if you don't start with, this is who I am, this is what I deserve, if you move past that, if you gloss over that because it's uncomfortable and you just go right to God loves me, what will absolutely happen is in your own mind and heart, the love of God won't mean anywhere near what it should mean to you. And I've seen this happen, I don't know, dozens of times my own life and the lives of people I care for. And you'll, you'll think one of two things. One, God doesn't love me as much as He loves other Christians. God isn't as happy with me as he is with other Christians. Because I am a... Because I've got this thing in my past. I've got this thing I'm dealing with right now. I've got this thing. Or, you'll start to say, it sort of makes sense that God loves me sort of makes sense that God loves me. And you'll be like those people um, on my puzzle. I have, these, I have a Christmas puzzle that I put together every year. So it's really easy now. Um, makes me feel pretty good about myself because I can put this puzzle. It's a thousand-piece puzzle. I can put it together pretty quickly because I've done it, you know, like ten times. But there's a sign... Uh, it's like a picture of like a house and it's like decorated for Christmas and there's people around. I don't know. It's in like the 1900s or something or 1800s. I don't know. It's some weird thing. Anyhow, put it together and there's a sign that says, for unto them a child is born. So he was trying to quote the Bible. He was super close. The verse is, for unto us a child is born. But here's what happens if you gloss over your own sin. You become a, for unto them a child is born kind of person. You become a, well, it's a good thing Jesus came and saved all these sinners. Rather than he came and saved a wretch like me. 
And if you become a, it's a good thing Jesus came and saved all those sinners, if you become that person, you're not going to know the love of God. You're not. You're not. You just got to hold on to both truths. You have to. And if you do, many, many, many good things come your way. I'm going to talk about a couple of them. One, you will get real strength to face difficult problems in your life. The truth that God loves you, the truth that God sent forth His Son is not going to take away your problems. The, The pilgrims didn't build fires and then just the harsh winter was gone. Spring came. They, they didn't build fires and suddenly they had no more pangs of hunger. There's no more danger. This truth doesn't take away our problems, but it gives us actual strength to face them with joy. Romans 8 says, what shall we say to these things? Listen, listen carefully. Listen to Paul's logic here. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? This is what we say to every single hardship in this life. We say, if God is for us, who can be against us? And when Paul when Paul's talking about difficulties here, I mean, he, he goes down the list. He says, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword... Just you name it. There's, there's nothing. There's death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else all in, in all creation. We are fine. We are safe. God is going to give us all that we need. And how do we know that God is for us? Because He did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all. If He did that, then He will graciously give us absolutely anything we need. And if God hasn't given it to you, because you don't need it. So if you're going to, if you're going to face the difficulties in your life, if you're going to face them with joy and with strength. So if you're going to continue to engage in people's life, even though your life is filled with pain or heartache, or you've got broken relationships, or you're trying to figure things out, you've got all kinds of loose ends, and you feel like you're coming apart at the seams, if you're going to still continue to engage and be faithful and to be kind and to, and to be obedient, if you're, going, if you're going to persevere with joy, then this is the fire that you must sit by. The other ones will not do. The same goes for loving other people. Some of you are like me, and you, it just loving other people is super easy for you. You just got this great personality. You just love everybody. It doesn't matter who, right? So some of you are like me, but the rest of you. <laughs> first, first John four sums it up nicely. Just in case you're wondering. That was 100% sarcasm. I love myself. I think pretty highly of me. I'm, I'm good at making sure that I'm comfortable. But here's what 1 John 4 says. Starting verse 9. In this 
the love of God was made manifest among us. So this is how the love of God showed up. Does God love us? Does He love us? How do we know? How did it show up? That God sent His only Son into the world so that, that, so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How do we know? How do we know that God loves us? He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, which means He sent His Son to turn, uh, to turn the wrath of God away from us, to, to take the wrath of God, to take the anger, to take the punishment, to take the judgment we deserve, and then to ensure that we experience nothing but God's, God's love. That we ensure that Jesus on the cross, he 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 set it up so that God would no longer be angry at us. He took all that. Now we can be adopted into God's family. Now we can live. God sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. We're no longer condemned to death. We're no longer condemned to hell. And then verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is the way forward. This is the way forward. God sent His Son to take the wrath that we deserve and to give us adoption. You cannot warm yourself by a lesser fire. You cannot live off of compliments you can't live off of successes. You can't live off of looking down on others, playing the comparison game, the warm, fuzzy feelings. When you face the prospect of, of joyfully, faithfully, patiently honoring the Lord as you go through whatever difficult thing you go through in this life, when you face the, pro- the, the prospect of, 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 a, of a harsh winter where you don't see any growth, where you don't see any signs of life, when it's just cold and hard, when you face the, the, the harshness of winter, you can't live off of lesser fires. You cannot do it. When you face the prospect of, of loving difficult people, <coughs> excuse me. When you face the prospect, not even difficult people, just people, which if we're being honest, we're all difficult people. When you face the prospect of leaving your comfortable shell, Serving others, encouraging others, rebuking others, forgiving others, really digging into the Word with others, really fighting for the glory of God with others, really pursuing holiness with other people, really doing what the New Testament has called us to do. When you face the prospect of actually loving people, you need a real fire. You need a, you need a real fire that will really strengthen you. You need the truth that God sent forth His Son. Let's pray together.
God, we have said nothing new this morning. We have, we have said nothing new. This is the old, old story of Jesus and His love. This is the old story of Your deep love for us. But we forget so quickly. We, we forget so quickly Help us to truly know Your grace and Your love. Help us to be more impressed with Your grace for Your glory. I confess, God, I want to boost myself up. I want to encourage myself. I want to to get along through through compliments, through just feeling good about myself, especially in comparison to others. I want to I get along through excuses and reasons and, and commiseration. I want to buck myself up by thinking, oh, I'm a, at least I'm a better parent, at least I'm a better pastor, at least I'm a better preacher, at least I'm this, at least I'm that. I want to find comfort and joy and strength in stupid, stupid places. I pray, God, that You would help me, that You would help all of us to remember every day to sit by this fire, to remember the hopeless situation we were in, that we would be in now apart from Christ. And then to remember that because You love us, we are not apart from Christ. We are in Christ. We have been adopted because You love us. Help us to to be thankful for that and help us to find real, everyday strength in the fact, the historic fact that God sent forth His Son. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.